You're now tuned into the Apartment 5B podcast, where we chop it up about hip-hop, R&B, sports, love and life. Hosted by Kill. 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 What's good, what's good? You are tuned into the Apartment 5B. It's the Man Knows Hip Hop Podcast. Little Sis co-host Porsche. What's good, baby? I'm good, Kill. How are you? <laughs> Me and Porsche was arguing behind the scenes. Yeah, so it's so good to see um, Easton. And this is the first time I'm I'm seeing um, Slack face-to-face. It's the so first is, time I'm seeing Slack first, yeah, face-to-face this is, first this time, This is a brilliant too, so. collaboration. I love it. Um, so good to be here with these guys and, and you, of course, Kill. So thank you. No doubt. Easton Slack tells all about Man Knows Hip Hop. Everything, good brothers. Yeah, man. Easton, my brother. All right, man. Appreciate the invitation as always, man. Nah, nah, but nah, yeah, this so, ain't an invitation. This is a collabo. This ain't even no invitation. That's this, right. This, that's right, man. This, this is a collabo joint. My bad, my bad. Yeah, so now I'm looking forward to this. As you know, us, look, we chop it up all the time, man. So we, we wanted to do this for a while. But yeah, so me and Slat's been doing um, Man Knows Hip Hop starting last year. Um, we've only been going a few months, but we're really excited about the feedback we're getting. People are enjoying it, having fun with the topics. Um, and yeah, we're enjoying it, man. We're doing our thing every week. We drop an episode. Um, had a little break at the moment just because of Christmas and everything like that. Um, but we'll be back with you from, from next week and everything. Um, yeah, man. I, I don't know what to say, man. It's good. Hit us up, Mandos Hip Hop on, on Twitter. Um, my own Twitter, Slack's Twitter. I'll obviously can introduce his own stuff and that. Um, yeah, we're just doing it, man. We're having fun following your, 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 bru- your blueprint and your lead, you guys. Uh, but yeah, man. Having a good time, man. Having a good time. No doubt Slack over here looking like PMD. When I came on, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Man, everything. I mean, Slack, tell us all about everything, good brother. How how man knows hip hop gets started, man. Yeah, mm. man. So um I was approached on, on Twitter, funny enough, um, by by a dude who said, I really like your your tweets, you seem to know your stuff. You got a you got a vibe. I said and he said, um, I'm doing a a football uh, podcast, but I want to do like a hip hop one as well, but I want you to I want you to look after that. So I was kind of like, you know, there's a million podcasts out there. I'm not really sure if I want to put my foot in that water as well. But he convinced me. He said, man, look, it would be good. And, you know, he gave us all these great ideas. And I said, mm, let me hit up Easton and see what he thinks about it. And Easton was like, bro, I was literally just thinking about doing a podcast as mm. well. I was going to ask you if you wanted to do one. So I was like, ah, well, the timing's probably really good then. You know what I mean? If, if Easton was thinking about it, this dude's hit me up. It all kind of met in the middle. So I said, okay, let's go for it. So this dude was supposed to give us like intros and outros and music and links to interviews and all of this good stuff. So me and Easton said, look, man, we'll just run with it and we'll wait for this dude to, to get everything in gear. So we just started dropping some episodes, man. And people were just riding with us and enjoying the, the topics and enjoying the, the camaraderie. So we just kept on running with it. To be honest, we had no expectations at all. So just seeing the amount of views we get, the amount of followers we found and... 
the interactions have been like, brilliant like we've had such good feedback so we just kept running with it and we're just going to look to elevate it like, this year and just make things better and better and that's that's what we're going to try and do that's so and, 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 and i love to see it you two dudes are some of my favorite followers on twitter i mean followers Thank on you, twitter man. just based off of y'all always got a dope conversation on tap like i don't know how y'all come people like you know, how you come up with the topics i'm like i'm gonna start some shit on twitter and the topic will come to me but y'all mm. two stay with a dope topic like wow. in in pocket at all times tonight's topic is actually eastern's topic so eastern why don't you mm. tell us where this even came from and and, and mm-hmm. what we chopping it up about tonight yeah man so what i like to do every now and then i like to just pick an artist and just go through their whole catalog every few years or so um even if i already know the catalog it's like to revisit it so i was just sitting there one day man listening to ghostface and just going through his catalog um which as we know it's a top tier catalog but it's a it's a meaty catalog there's a lot to it so i thought to myself hmm if i had to pick my favorite and my least favorite projects from ghostface what would it be um, obviously I won't say what it is because we're going to get into that in the topic but that's how it started rolling with really and I started thinking that's interesting um, so I put it to the timeline and just thought, thought pick one of your favourite artists um, look at your favourite project from them and your least favourite project from them um, yeah that's how the idea came about really so there's some interesting responses and, and feedback in there and what people thought so yeah man that's what, that's what he's looking at talking about today that's what we talked mm. about. I hit up Easton and was like, yo, let's try to do, you know, our favorite MCs. I know for me, I'm doing my six to 10 on my GOAT list MC. Uh, mm-hmm. Just saying six to 10, because I know most people usually have the top five is kind of the same or whatever like that. So that's what we're going to be chopping it up about today. Porsche, ladies first, as always, who is one of the MCs that you picked? And how did you do it? Are these your favorite MCs? Is this your six to 10, your one to five? Or how did you do it? Yeah, I, I, I talk about my one to five all the time, um, whether that's on, our, on you know, other apartment 5b episodes where people are just hitting me up on the timeline it's always one to five one to three you know top two whatever um so i did six to ten because i rarely get a chance to you know talk about them and and why i love them and you know that kind of thing so um yeah i did six to ten do you want me to start off with my number six yeah start with how whatever order you want to go sure. Um, so Chef Raekwon is my number six MC of all time. Um, and my favorite album from him, of course, is Only Built for Cuban Links. Now, we I know Easton, Easton at the top of the year was like, I hope I never see a liquid swords and, and oh, only built for Cuban Links. Listen, man. Never again. Listen. <laughs> Too much, man. Yeah, but we're gonna talk about only built for Cuban Links and liquid swords on this episode. That's all right, man. That's right. In this context, I don't mind, man. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's just when people like, like those only two albums that have ever been made in the history of the world, right? Oh, believe exactly. Yeah, yeah, so only built for Cuban links again. Um, I talk about this quite often, and the reason I love that album so much is because I think not only is it one of those, um, you know, cinematic, it's like a, it's like a cinematic album, um, it mm-hmm. captures everything so perfectly. It's like an audio experience, I absolutely love it. No skips for me. Um, I know somebody hit me up like, "Hey, do you do you listen to the last track?" I'm like, "Yeah, I run it through all all the way through. I, I don't skip anything." Um, and I think that Ray did a really dope job of capturing the, you know, mafia mafioso theme that was really really like prevalent back when the album dropped, and he did it so flawlessly. Um, so that one's always stayed with me. That's my favorite album in hip hop entirely. So mm-hmm. of course it'll be my favorite um, Ray album. And then my least favorite Ray album is um, Fly International Luxurious Art. 
And to me, that's the polar opposite of Only Built for Cuban Links. And I think that's why it stands out as my least favorite because I just think that the, the theme, like the topics and the subject matter is so superficial for what Ray is capable of doing and deep diving into. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't resonate. I don't like it. I don't even like the album art. Um, it's a gaudy, it's like just a little corny like I, I don't know it's just something about it um doesn't sit well with me and to be really honest i don't hear people championing that album either no. so um so i don't think I, I i don't think i'm in the minority with that but when you do you know like if you run through the whole catalog i think that one would stick out as like a least favorite for sure so for me it's it's the fila album so so to mm. speak so fila not immobile immobility not uh, no immobilarity is better than that one for me personally. See, I think I tapped I out after <coughs> it's Fila before I after Cuban Links too. After that's off after. The, mm, after. Okay, okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even tune in. I remember, that. you know, I remember seeing it the the album art like everybody kind of talking about it on the TL all the time when it first dropped and Ray was you know doing a whole rollout for it and I was like ah. The album art, it's the it's almost the first time I wanna say the album art kind of like kind of like made me like take a step back and be like, really? I kinda understand you, Kill, when you're like, I saw the album art and I didn't want to listen to the album. It was kind of like that. But I listened to it and I was like, nah, I shouldn't have. I don't know. That was I, the, that's <laughs> the one with the that had the statue on the front. It was like a, yeah. like the yeah, like, a like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just had about Ray. Ray was like uh uh the ex-girlfriend you keep going back to and keep breaking your heart. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the albums from Cuban Links, the mobility. It was just like a downfall. And now we're like popping. And I'm just like, nah, and Cuban Links 2 came out. So it's like, I ain't, I don't even think I tapped into that album. And and if nobody told me about it, like, you yeah. know what I mean? I, I was yeah. different from that. All right, dope, dope. Mm -hmm. Easton, who you got for your crew, man? So what did Porsche do? Number six. I'll do the same then. So number six, um, DMX, man. DMX is my number six on my top ten favourites. Um, obviously, not just going with the flow, but my favourite, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Not only is it my favourite DMX album, it's in my top ten favourite hip-hop albums of all time. Um, DMX, is he's, he's, a, he's a conflicted artist, man. Um, as I always say, at the risk of sounding repetitious, man, he, he, the passion's unmatched. Um, just what he goes through, what he puts down on record. Many people can look at him and say he's uh, conflicted or he's, um, you know, double-minded or hypocritical or whatever. But that's what I love about people like DMX and Tupac, which I always mention the two together. But that's what I love about him because he'll be opening the album with a prayer. He'll be then be talking about wanting to murder and rob. They'll be talking about just God help him. Do you know what I mean? But these are the things I think make a good artist and a good album because it hits every mood, every mold you're in. Yeah, man, it, it does the job for me. The impact it had on me in '98, the convo as well when he's talking to God, man, that's that's just that's incredible, man. DMX has got art that can bring you to tears at times. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's dark and hell is hot. By far my favorite, and my least favorite would be 2012's Undisputed. Um, to be honest, I can't even really tell you any tracks off that man because I probably play, played it once or twice. Didn't go back to it. The thing about DMX, all respect to DMX, we know how much he's loved, how much I love him as well. Do you know what I mean? God bless the dead and everything. But his sound got very, it, it was hard to listen to after a certain while. Uh, his voice and everything, it just 
I don't know if it was, you know what I mean, this, what he was going through in his personal life or what have you. Um, but that was a hard listen, undisputed. I listened because it was DMX, but didn't like it at all, man. So that was would that, be my least favorite album, DMX. Was that the album that he said was um, not official records and he tried to sue someone because of it? Was it that one? Yeah, the one that had the, like, the red DMX on the front. It dropped. Because I was picking out this one, Undisputed. And what's the other one he done around that time? There's another one. It's just a picture of him on the front cover. And then he, yeah. took, he took some people to court and said, nah, that's not an official album by me. I can't remember yeah. what the name of it was. So the one where he stands on the front, it's sort of like yellowy, like he's yeah. in the desert or something. Yeah, 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 so I don't think it's that one. I think it's the red one. Unless I'm mixing the two up. But I'll be honest, I, I didn't give them much spin because I didn't <laughs> enjoy them at all, man. So, um, But yeah, I think it was the, the black and red solid print one. Um, right. That'd be down as the worst for, for, for me for DMX, man. Can't listen to that. Don't go back to it at all. Yo, what did you think about the album that just dropped? You know what? I don't think it was as bad as everyone was saying. For me, once again, um, his voice was a bit of a struggle for me because I love the voice. Was this album? I didn't know. Was this recorded before he died, or was this one of those we just gonna take some old acapella? Nah, nah, nah. No, it was recorded. I think ninety percent of it was done, wasn't it? Yeah, I think they had to like finish off a bit of it, but most of it was done because he was talking just before he died about hooking up with Griselda and things like that. So most of it was done. So I was looking forward to it. Um, I don't think it was that bad to be honest it's funny you say that because it may be this morning I was just spinning it again because I hadn't really listened to it much since it dropped um, I don't think it was too bad actually you know what I mean I'm not just saying it because he's not here I don't think it was a bad album it wouldn't be at the bottom of the list for me for him he's got two or three albums worse than that in my opinion so I don't think it was that bad to be honest now, Snack, what did, you didn't like the beats or you felt like X wasn't in pocket or... I felt like X was a guest on his own album Mm-hmm. It almost felt like he dropped in with a guest feature and then tapped out. Like mm. I don't think he did more than a verse on most songs. No. Uh, so a lot of it felt like it was unfinished and it just didn't feel like X, man. It, he was like, it was like 40% X. Like his voice, the delivery, mm. uh, just none of it was there, man. It just felt empty. It just felt like it was put together really badly, man. So I haven't got time for Swiss Beats at the greatest of times, and I had even less for him after I heard that album, bro. Honestly, honestly. Yeah, I, I did not like how that was put together. I just thought, like, just let the man rest. If you're not going to put out something that's really going to capture DMX, and we all know what that is, that's real passion, that's real, you know, we, we can feel when DMX is rapping. You know, he doesn't have to have the most intricate rhymes or any of that. Never, man. We feel what he's saying, you know what I mean? And there was none of that on the album at all. It was all gone. You know, the sad part about it, I think, with a lot of MCs that are coming from the 90s, they're, they're, at this point in their career, a lot of them are trying to figure out who do I need to link with to stay relevant. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course. Which, like that. you said, it kind of falls into that. You're a guest. I love how you said that you, he was a guest on his own album because who's popping? Yo, Griselda's popping. Yo, I, he may not even fuck with Griselda, but it's like, yo, they popping. I need to get exactly. down with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's the sad part, like when you're at him, when you're at that level in your career, and again, never in nobody's pockets, but just the money after he passed, like you know, maybe mm. he was in a position where it's like, yo, I got to put an album out, I got to get money because then we need to tour, so we need to drop an album. You know what I mean? So mm. it kind of comes back to what we were talking about off camera of just Nas having that freedom and that being able to just be like, yo, I'm good, I can do whatever I want. I you know, I yeah. want. Exactly. and when you have that freedom, you know, if X had that freedom, I'm sure we probably would have got a different 
album from him. Oh, but man. when you don't have that freedom, it's like, all right, I gotta get who's hot, who else is hot. Right, no, I totally agree, name, man. You know? Totally agree. Because um, at stages of the album, it felt like it did feel like he had to make it, rather than it was something that he wanted to make. I totally right. got that feeling. And whether right. it was him or his label of people going, Pe- people want you, ex. people want you back. And him like, all right, cool, I'll give him something. But it just didn't, there wasn't enough X on his own album for me. So right. I just, I couldn't listen to it. See, I felt like he was warming up. It's, you know what I mean? It may sound mad to say, but I felt like he had a bad time and we saw that he was sort of coming back to himself. Do you know what I mean? He had done the the, the thing with Snoop there, the verses, and he was put, doing interviews again, the Breakfast Club and that, not Breakfast Club, the album, Drink Champs and that. I felt like he was getting DMX back. So I felt like that album was him warming up to maybe i think the next one would have been a little bit more interesting like slack saying maybe we'd have had we'd have had more of dmx on that do you know what i mean so maybe he felt like he couldn't really carry the weight of a whole album by himself on this time do you know what i mean um but he definitely yeah he definitely was missing from it a lot do you know what i'm saying there wasn't enough of him on there definitely even the track with griselda i think he had like the shortest verse as well it didn't feel like a whole verse do you know what i'm saying it felt like Griselda um, featuring DMX rather than the other 100%, round. yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. And then, like you said, it, it could be a little bit of both. Maybe he wasn't all the way there yet to do it, but we mm. need to get something now, which again yeah. is what everybody's applauding Nas for. We talk about great magic on the curve, and it's like, okay, Nas has been in this game 30 plus years. And the dopest thing about his album, yo, there's only one feature. You know, you're mm. getting Nas. You're just getting Nas. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and like you said, Easton, maybe that's where X was going, and we just didn't get a chance to actually see him get there. Mm. But nah, dope calls. Slack, who you got for your first joint? For my first joint, I'm going to go for my favorite MC from 1992 all the way through to 1999. Untouchable. No one was messing with him. Although, Biggie is my all time favorite MC. Um, Red don't Man. get slapped by Porsche. I almost got slapped last episode. <laughs> I almost jumped out the window. And Porsche had to bring it back. True. I jumped out the window like, like eight seconds, and then I was like, "Alright, my phone I got caught up in the moment. I, I, it happens to the best of us. But um, yeah. So who 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 is it? I'm, I'm interested. So this in. this is the Brick City's own Red Man. Uh, from '92 to '99, that dude was just dropping everything features mm-hmm. albums classics uh, he was killing absolutely everything three classic albums in a row some people even say what's uh, uh what's the name is a classic some people mm-hmm. say four and i'm not gonna disagree i listened to doc's the name again the other day and i was like this album is actually tough like this is much harder than i remember it being he was really rapping on that album as well uh, muddy waters and uh and uh, doc's the name he was really going in mm-hmm. on the raps um but my my personal favorite Redman album is always going to be there is a dark side and i know that it's a polarizing album because after his debut album went so crazy people were expecting more of that from from Redman. but he went totally left and went with a completely different theme for his second album mm. but for me i don't know where it was but that album just resonated with me man like from start to finish from from the dr trevor's intro all the way through to the hurricane g feature of we run new york it was just he was just taking you on some mad journey through the underground and he stayed with that theme the whole way through the singles rockefeller can't wait killer songs um i just love that album and i could play it now start to finish no never skip a tune um my favorite Redman album by far i wouldn't say it's his best album but it's my favorite album i would say his best the most polished album is muddy waters mm. um 
and he himself would say that, you know what I mean? When I when I got the chance to, to chop it up with Red, you know, he did say that Muddy Waters was his personal favourite album and he doesn't want to perform anything off Dark Side because he remembers the place he was in when he made it. Mm-hmm. So I fully understand that. But for me, when I hear that album, it takes me right back to when I had the Red cassette tape and I popped it in as soon as I got home and I played that shit front to back, front to back. I know every single word, every skit, everything that's been put in there. It was just, it's still an incredible album, just the way it's been put together. However high he was, <laughs> and if you don't remember making some of that album, he made an incredible album. So that's my favourite one. Mm-hmm. And my least favourite Redman album. I mean, after, maybe after like, uh, Malpractice, he kind of started taking a real kind of dive when it came to albums. But when he made the Reggie album, that album was actually Reggie, man. That was some weak weed, that album. It was, it was not good. Um, I don't know what he was attempting. It was almost like he had to give Def Jam one more project and he was like, oh, here you go, take this. Right, Reggie was terrible, this. man. Reggie was just, I don't know what, what Redman was up to on that album. Um, it was, I think I've only heard it maybe twice, if that. Mm-hmm. Just, to, I played it for a game just to be like, is it really as bad as I think it was? <laughs> yeah, right. And I played it again and yeah, I was like, I never want to hear this again. It was terrible. So yeah. those are my two tricks. And it's crazy. For people watching, I want y'all to really pay attention to what Slag said about There's a Dark Side and playing it and knowing every word and every skin mm. and knowing everything in everything. it. That's what I'm always challenging folks to do. We go through music so quick that something is your album of the year or it's your favorite album ever and you can't sing along with it. You know what I mean? Mm. You can't. That, to me, when I was growing up, that was the fun part of hip hop. It was learning mm. every word. It was being able to when your favorite song was on and you driving and you spitting it right along. The fact that people can't do that anymore and stuff and not only not do it, but not do it on your favorite albums. It's mm. like, y'all, you know, take a time out. It's OK to just, you know, be late to something new because something is dropping every week and just really mm-hmm. being able to say that. I want to hear somebody young. I want to hear somebody be able to say what Slack just said about something that was their album of the year in 2021. That you know the words, that you know the song, that you know the skits, you know all of that. And most folk don't, you know what I mean? So mm. just a challenge out there. My number six is Big Daddy Kane. People mm. know, if you follow me, I love Big Daddy Kane. I always say he was the Rosa Park for dark skinned niggas because in 1988, <laughs> I'm telling you, us dark skinned brothers would not get mm-hmm. no play out there. I'll be <laughs> Williams, them Elder Barge, them Time Match from The Last Dragon. They was running together. <laughs> and, and girls would be like, kill you cute, but you just too dark, my nigga. And it was like, damn. And I like hit the high school and I was a freshman and just everybody was just in love with dark skinned people. And I attribute that to Big Daddy Kane. Um, so he was my favorite MC at the time. I love Kane. Um, the favorite album, my favorite album is actually it's a Big Daddy thing, his second um, album. Um, I love Long Live the Kane, but what I always explain to people who were younger and weren't really around in those days is that those a lot of those albums were were built up by the singles. Like I heard, we heard Raw, we heard Set It Off, we heard. Um, uh, ain't no half stepping. We had the B side of just rhyming with Biz. So by the time you got the album, you probably were only hearing two to three new songs that you hadn't already heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I love Long Live the Cane, but it's a Big Daddy thing. Was just you know um, the joint that just did it for me. Uh, where is I should pull it out? But I mean um, another victory, Mortal Kombat, Young Gifted and Black, Smooth Operator, Call Mr. Welfare, Rafa Kane. Even I get the job done. 
Uh, pimping ain't easy. The first time I heard "Nice and Smooth," warming up came like warming up came was my warming up came was my joint. Yeah, this is just it to me right here. His worst album, easily for me at least, 1991's uh, "Prince of Darkness." You know what I mean? It was just I came to me was I mean the lover in you. Ooh na na ooh ah na 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 like yo just the fact that yo I would if I was working at the label I would have been like bro the name of this song is ooh ah na 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 like that's that's where we go we came <laughs> um little brother brother with little daddy Shane I'm like yo can we get a more original name than Big Daddy mm. Kane and little daddy Shane like daddy Shane, yeah. grew with it um I'm not ashamed with Allison Williams flowed I mean like it did have come on down with Q-Tip and Buster Rhymes but I just felt like this was just a, a horrible album um, and mm. I always use Kane as what I'm always saying you know we need more fans less fans because yeah, everybody yeah. loved Big Daddy Kane but when he started doing this shit we always like not at it turned off like yeah, for real. And, and that's what these stands don't do it's like the stands you gotta just love everything that comes out from your favorite rapper and it's like nah it's okay to be like nah that wasn't a good album like try next time like you're not gonna pass every test you're not gonna get everything right but it's just like now these stands would have just like I always said, we I like Big Daddy Kane. We didn't have the K-Nights. It was a group of people walking around like we the K-Nights and we the Rock Kimonites and we, mm. we the Navy and we the B, we the B Club and we the this club. Like, yo, we were just fans of the music. If something mm. was whack, it was a whack. We'll see what Kane got next time. You know, you don't write mm. nobody off. So just another example is we need more fans. If your favorite rapper don't come with a dope album, don't be on Twitter gassing that nigga up right. talking about, oh, this was mm. great. No, be like, yo, that shit was whack. Like, mm. come better. You know what I mean? So that's my number six. Porsche, you got up mm. next for your next one. I've got the Jizza. Um, he's, again, um, <laughs> my, you know, a Wu member, of course. Um, dope as hell. Uh, Liquid Swords is my favorite album from the Jizza, of course. Um, and for, I mean, we all talk about, again, these are albums we talk about all the time. And, and Easton, I apologize that I had to bring up Only Built for Cuban <laughs> nah, you're good. and you're Liquid good. Swords back to back. Um, I won't. You've broken the rule already, Porsche. I know. I know. He's, he's, he's going to write off like 2022 <laughs> already. He was like, I said it, and look what happened. Um, nah, you're good. But anyways, like I won't go in depth. I'm, I'm sure I love Liquid Swords for all the reasons that everybody in hip hop loves um, Liquid Swords, and it's just amazing production, amazing lyrics. Um, Jizza is so in pocket. Um, just everything he says just connects and is just brilliant. Um, and then the again polar opposite of that album is Words from the Genius. Um, it was, it, and I know it, it was his debut album and it was on a whole different label and, you know, and I love Easy Moby. Easy Moby produced that album and no knock on Easy Mo at all. I think he did exactly what he was meant to do. Um, I just think that it was just a whole different ball game happening for the Jizz at the time. I think, I think the lane that they wanted Jizz to come out in was just not, it just didn't fit him as yeah, a person. Yeah. It didn't fit the way that he thinks. It doesn't fit the way that we know him to be on subsequent albums. So I don't think it was anything to do with production. I think production was stellar. Um, I love Easy Mo, but I think it's just what and I don't even think that Jizza likes that album to be honest. I, I think he was probably he, looking back, he's probably like, What the hell was I thinking? Like, that is such a 
bozo album like it's just not at all what he's capable of doing um and every single thing is just i don't know i listen to it back after hearing liquid swords and you know you 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 listen to that album and you're like what kind of corny stuff was this guy talking about on this album like track after track after track like it just didn't stop it was like a whole you know it's <laughs> a whole audio experience of corny so um my least favorite and i would i would almost go as far as to say it's whack like it's a whack album it's not just my least favorite but i think it's whack so yeah i'm glad that he found his lane i'm glad that the rizza came into play i'm just so so thankful to everybody for for <laughs> that, that we know now now his thing's crazy and again we had we had the good brother ben merlin's on yeah. Merlis on with this book. If you haven't peeped this book, going off the the story of um, the Juice Crew and Cold Chilling Records, definitely cop this very dope book. Um, um, and they talk about in the book how when Kane left Cold Chilling, they were looking for the next person to fill in. Jizz yeah. is dark skin, high top fade, <laughs> cool, and it just kind of clicked. When I read it in this book, it just kind of clicked, and it was like an aha moment of, oh. That's what That's y'all what were trying. Mm-hmm. They were trying to make Jizza the new Big Daddy Kane, the lover man or whatever like that. Not really understanding that hip hop was changing and growing out of that view. Um, right. I know I do it for usually one MC that I really like. I kind of always gave Jizza the pass for this one album, you know, because I almost felt like it wasn't a Jizza album. I felt like it was a genius album. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know, Porsche, I know we're about to disagree again. Tell me yes, this: Is yeah. there another Jizza album? Because it's—I feel like y'all know how I feel about record labels. It's like living at home with your parents. So you know you're not. It's hard for your crew to hold you accountable for like, yo, Easton can't hang out past midnight. It's like, nigga, I want to, but my mom won't let right. me. You know, mm-hmm. I can't. So mm-hmm. I don't think Jizza went in to make this album like, yo, this is what I want to make. But I'm on a label. What was he, what? 17, 18? You know, like, Naomi's 16. I can't imagine Naomi making an album right now or signing a record deal or whatever. So I, I just, I personally don't hold this album against him because it was kind of like, the same way I don't think most people hold the Rakim album against RZA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that shit was whack. That, ooh, I love you, Rakim. But it's like, yo, it's my first record deal. They kind of learned through it, which is why we got, you know. So, Porsche, go ahead. Tell me why you disagree. Okay, I, I, I agree with you in that, yes, he was on a label and there was a lot of probably label influence in, in what we were hearing. I mean, we can hear that. The the content is just so not what the Jizza, mm. like what we know and love about the Jizza. It's just, it, it's the opposite of that. However, Liquid Swords is now forever going to be your debut, I mean, your sophomore album. I can't you you have to sort of kind of lay in that bed you know like you you went after the label you you agreed to sign that contract you made that album like i don't know if if innately but, but I you know, made the album but did he know did the label tell him this is what we want from you or did you sign the contract first that's like like well, yo if you again, sign without again, because again they're kids I know yeah. people who don't read the when the Apple when your your phone says hey time to re up nobody reads that long ass page nah, nah. you know I what I mean I, so I, I know I know you Porsche is the one person in the world who does she actually does everybody so all the rest of don't you know so I get it but it's hard for me to say yo that I, 
I see what you're technically saying. Because you know what? You're right. If this iPhone we, says, listen, you know we, what? We I'm going to spy cannot... on you 24 hours a day. Yeah. You're going to tell me, mm. Kill, did they send you the contract? I'm going to say yes. You're going to say, did you read it? I'm going to say no. And you're going to say, well, Kill, you know that's what? your I'll even, I'll even give it to the Jizza that he read the contract. Maybe he didn't understand the intricacies. He's young. The, the contracts are very wordy, very like convoluted. Um, I don't expect him to, to make sense of all of it. However, you spit those lyrics like you knew what you were saying when you were saying them and you knew that like again it's just one of those things where it's like i understand why you did it because you were young you got signed to a a, a major at the time um you know you, they're you've got them behind you they probably promised you the world you were after the world you were on the right path to getting all of that however when it's just not Again, it's just it's part of you now it's in your tool belt unfortunately sometimes you know it just that's just got to be what it is i can't i can't rewrite I history like, and like, pretend that just like, didn't do it he did it well he's I'm made up for it he tenfold he's made up for it tenfold but i'm not pretending he didn't do it but what i'm saying is the record contract isn't going to state what kind of music we want you to make the record contract is just going to state royalties, payouts, all of that right. stuff. If the record contract isn't going to say, we want you to be the next Big Daddy King. You know what well, I mean? I so Tracy Lee was on here. I wish Tracy Lee was here because I would love to know um, if when he was, when, no, 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 we're going to make this type of album. If he was like, no, let's do it this well, way. Like, is that I look possible? at it like this. The record business is shaped. So the thing yeah. is, is I want to get you. This is just like dating niggas. I want to scoop you up, but I ain't going to tell you I got bad credit and I live in my mom's house. Like, I'm not going to tell you none of that stuff up front. I'm going to wait until we 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 good and then you'll just find out, oh shit, this right. nigga still live at home with his mother. Right. You know, so the record labels are going to be open and I was like, hey, Porsche, we're going to want you to come in and we're going to want apartment 5B to be great. And you know what? You're going to look at the contract. It's going to be good. Then they're going to say, okay, now that you're on Spotify, your co-host is now Drake. And now you're still. <laughs> and now you're wow. still. So Spotify is going to say up front, hey, you know why? Because they want your personality. So they're going to get you first. Then they're going to tell you, you want Drake is going to be your co-host. And you're going to say, I'm not going to do this. And they're going to say, well, we'll just sue you. And we'll litigate your ass to death. And we'll just break you until you're poor. And then Porsche will be doing a podcast with Drake. With Drake. <laughs> there you go. So. Uh, I always gotta pull this out. Anybody, somebody says liquid swords. This is this oh, liquid swords piece that I got. It's got like the nice, nice thick nice, wood. Nice. It's only I think it was about thirty-seven. Only a hundred of these joints got made. So definitely one of them. Anytime somebody says mm. liquid swords, I gotta show show this joint off. So uh, Easton, who nice. you got up next for you? What's good, brother? Right, who I got next? I got Rakim next as my number seven, working upwards. So yeah, Rakim number seven. See now. Straight away, you'd think you'd want to put like pain and full or what have you, but actually, my favorite album from Wrecking is going to be the 18th letter. Nice. Um, yeah, I came in, it's probably a lot to do with when I came in as well. I may mention that a couple of times today, but I came in on about 92s and I really started really listening to and investing in the hip hop properly and taking it, you know, what I mean, like that seriously. So that would have been what, um, Don't Sweat the Technique 92 times. Um, yeah, 92 is don't sweat yeah. the technique. 18th letter is like 94 ish. Like, that's what's been uh, a long time, right? 97, 97. Oh, um, oh 18th oh, letter, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, thinking, um, yeah, 92, don't sweat the technique. 
So I probably would have came in on that time. So obviously Rakim, still Rakim, do you know what I mean? But he, if if I came in on paid in full, it might have been something different. But for me, knowing who Rakim was, hearing who he was, and then hearing the singles that were dropping with Prima at the time, I couldn't wait to hear the album. So I remember my sister got it for me for, for Christmas that year, 97. Um, yeah, I had it on repeat, man. And I got the one that had the, the special edition that had all the, the tracks on the Arabian Rakim albums on it as well. Um, but yeah, 18th Letter for me is a brilliant album. Standout tracks, the singles, and I know a lot of people don't like when you, when you say the singles are the best tracks, but they were hard, man. The primo cuts on there. Um, they really played that album. When I Be On The Mic? That no, that's... Um, that, that was on the next album. Yeah, that's on the next album, 99. Who's on the 18th letter? I'm blanking on it. 18th letter, it's been a long time. Oh, Guess it's been a long back. time, right. All right, yeah. first solo album, all right, bet. That's all right, yeah. New York, yeah, okay. there and all that. So yeah, hard album, man. Love that album a lot. Um, I just feel Rackham is mad impressive on that lyrically, man. Um, so my worst, my least favorite from him would be the one we just mentioned, would be um, when I'd be on a mic album, even though I love that track. Um, the two primo produced tracks on that album, um, The Master, sorry, Night Night Night. The two primo produced tracks on that, I love those, but I do not like the album, man. So obviously, who's gone from '97 to '99? That's not even a big, that's not even a big wait. It's only a couple of years, but I don't know, man. It just didn't hit for me. When I finally heard it, it was really disappointing for me, man. Um, yeah, I didn't like it at all. I felt there was too many like nothing particularly wrong with radio reaches, but I don't want that from Wrecking, if you know what I'm saying. I just want to hear his lyrical ability. Um and you heard it, but it's just yeah, it didn't do much for me at all, man. So 18 flower, definitely. Uh even though Michael Fiend is my favourite Wrecking track of all time, uh, I'm gonna go with 18th letter for my favourite album from him. Um and yeah, the master for my least favourite. I was gonna actually say um Seventh Seal. But listening to them both again, like in preparation for the show, I was really like what Slack done with um, Reggie. I was just listening to them again, thinking like, which one's my least favorite? And yeah, take away the highlights off of um, the Tree Master, the Master, sorry. Nothing else hits for me, man. So yeah, they're my two for Reckon, man. Number seven. Girl. It's funny, man, because I just hate the record business, man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just sitting here thinking, like you said, you you know, at that time, you at that time I was on the radio. I was at eight eight nine, and it's like you have these people who are trying to do these songs just for the radio. Then you got the songs where, to me, it's why I always say Illmatic helped to ruin hip hop because it moved us into this fast food place of you know two rock hymns two p rock i mean two premieres two p rocks give me a nick whiz give me three mm. over here where i just really think that if rod would have just tapped in with rock him i mean why do i keep saying rod rock him rock him tapped in with primo or p even nick whiz if him and just one producer really got together and just really tried to do that but again you know i equated to living at home if you want to live at home with your parents you know you may not have to pay as many bills but you gotta do what they say you want to be independent and live on your own you can do whatever the fuck you want but now you gotta pay on these bills so it's really like you know you want to be on a major you're gonna have to do some shit you don't want to do or you could do an indie and then have to pay out your pocket so it's just one of them bad places to be in the middle of but yeah i but just remember, remember as well because when it dropped in 97 that's when hip-hop was going for a major uh mm. big bigger just died yeah. uh hip-hop was going through the whole jiggy era yeah. So you had a lot of labels saying, right, in order for you guys to get signed or to sell one record, you're going to have to do what Puffy's doing. You're going to have to take a hit from the 80s and make it sound so crazy. You're going to have to have a joint for the girls. You're going to have to have a joint for the clubs. 
from everybody. In order for you to make it a fucking fool. Swag is a fool. I'm just getting to see. I'm just getting to see the timeline in person for the first time. Yeah, I just. I'm like, this nigga Swag is a fucking fool, and now I get to see it live. So it's like almost seeing a comedian. You always hearing the bootlegs, then you finally get to go to a show. It's like this nigga's really funny and shit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but now yeah, you're, like, you're 100% right, bro. And that's why you had to try to... Labels were just saying, listen, man, we're going to get this producer, that producer, that producer. We're going to mm. have this. Because Rak- Rakim, man, like you said, if you had Nick Wiz, if you had Primo, if you had Pete, just in the studio of Rakim, we would have got an incredible album. Yeah. But you getting all these random guys, it's, that's not Rakim. Rakim was used right. to working, you know, doing the whole Eric B thing and, you know, making cohesive albums. Mm. So for him to now be having Primo doing a couple of tracks, Nick Wiz doing a couple tracks that wasn't what we were used to from, from, from Rakim and I think that just showed man that was a time when hip hop was going for a major horrible transition uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. That's it's, uh, it's um and it's almost like you know when you have cast like Rakim and you say um when you have cast like Premier Pete and you say Rakim they're giving you your best Right. You know what I mean? It's not like, exactly. you know, as a producer, you have folders A, B, C, D. These beats are mm-hmm. finally get a chance to get in front of Nas or Jay. These are the beats. Like, you're giving Rakim all your A shit. <laughs> like, right. you know what I mean? So you're, you're going to get, and I mean, you're still talking about 96. If the album dropped in 97, that means we'll record it 95, 96. Yeah. So you're talking about premiering his bag. You're talking mm-hmm. about great premiere at his pentacle. You know, and what he could have given him. The same with P. Um, so yeah, I yeah, hundred percent right on that. Uh, Slack, who you got up next? Um, I've, I've got a slightly different to you guys because what I tried to do was pick someone that you guys ain't gonna have. Uh, so I didn't go for a six to ten, but I just went for MCs that are definitely in and around my top ten. But mm. I didn't have to try and think of ones that ain't gonna clash with you guys. So Rock Marcy is high on my list of favorite MCs. Um, just since what he's done since 2010 man is pretty much unprecedented in hip-hop period like this ain't a guy that he came in with a crew yeah flip my squad but he wasn't really in much of that shit if we're being honest no. so we've we've only seen rock like indie as a member of the un um as kind of like a ghost member of the flip my squad but mainly as a as a solo mc and as a producer um i don't think he gets enough props for for actually creating his own sound if you listen to Marsburg nobody was doing that shit when Rock Marcy got that album nobody so I've got major respect for that big man for what he's done and he's had like the whole underground basically <laughs> copy of what that dude was doing 10 years 10 12 years ago so my favorite album for Rock Marcy is his second album Reloaded that album right there is a movie I mean the, the joints on there man 76 and uh just so many fire joints man top to bottom just, just that was Rock Marcy at his pinnacle uh, when it comes to the beats, when it comes to the rhymes, the braggadocio, that's where I feel Rock Marcy really became Rock Marcy. Because I think on the on the Marsberg album, it was a lot darker in tone. Uh, his rhymes were a lot darker. His style was a lot darker. On Reloaded, he was a lot more what we know Rock Marcy to be now. So that's where I think he was really creating it as, as the Rock Marcy that, that we know and love today. Um, the album just goes, man. Like, I could put the album on put it through it's the top to bottom and have to listen to it again bro it's tech so to a man oh tech to a what man. a way to start an album tech to a man I mean, not told oh my god oh, just that. 
Iron um, Spray, man. Yeah, I, I go Reloaded is my favorite. Too, crazy so. album. Crazy. Um, my least favorite Rock Marcy album was his last album, Mount Marcy. Um, after he had done um, the album with Stoke God, that album was five mics to me. Um, the album came out two years ago. Um, this month, actually, two years ago. And I can still play the album top to bottom. Stoke God, was, that was his breakout. Um, mm. The album's just... It's right here, bro. Crazy. On crazy, crazy, mm. crazy album. Um, and obviously, Rock Marcy produced that. So I thought, with Mark Marcy coming out, he's going to give us some real heat. I just didn't like it. Um, I remember I was talking to... Uh, I can't remember who. I think it was Shorty. I was talking to when it, when it dropped. We're listening to it and it's like, this ain't it. This just ain't hitting at all. So I played it through and I thought, alright, let me let me come back to it again. Maybe uh maybe I just woke up, you know, it was early. <laughs> maybe I need to listen to it again. I played it again in at night. I put it on the big speakers, I put it on in the car and I'm, I just I couldn't I couldn't get into it. The beats just weren't good. Marcy was still rapping, Marcy raps on everything, but musically I just it just sounded weird. I don't know what sound he was going for, it just it just wasn't hitting to me. Um, I think it's been quite polarizing. I've seen people saying that they love it. I've seen people saying that it's, it's not his best. But for me, that's the only album from Rock Marcy that I just don't ever want to revisit. All his other albums, his solo albums, RR2, uh, uh, Behold a Dark Horse, all the other stuff I listen to all the time. That's the only one album I've got no interest in putting on again. So for me, that is my least favorite album for him. I agree with you 100%, bro. When I got that joint, I was hype as hell. And I was just, I was just hyped, like bro. you said, I was like, yo, this ain't it. Like, again, I don't know if this because you gave all the hot beats to the stove guy or what, you know, what, what's going on. But yeah, because, and, and um, the one before that was, um, if I'm not mistaken, that was, um, I can't remember nuts, so I got to keep looking uh, my phone. Marciello or something? Yeah, Marciello. Like, I'm Right, so coming off of that, and then the stove guy, I'm like, oh, this Mount Marcy gonna be crazy, and right. just wasn't. Um, so I feel you on that. Uh, the next person I got up is G Rap. Um, so he's number seven on my list. Uh, favorite album, definitely Road to the Riches. Um, yep. This thing, this whole thing, man, just uh, I remember hearing the first time hearing Road to the Riches and just it being crazy. It's a demo, poison. First time I heard Men at Work and just heard him like go for like 72 bars, truly yours. She loves me, she loves me, not like everything. Like, I just love this album. It's my favorite, my least favorite. And it's not whack because there's a couple of joints on here that I don't have no beef with the album. It's just my least favorite. Um, is the what is this the Giannato story? Oh, Giancarlo. Giancarlo story. So, and it's not that it's whack, it's just it's just my least favorite of the G rap, you know, joints. And I think um, there's probably like one more person with a whack joint, but then the next two is just like this. It's like not that it's whack, it's just it's, it comes in last. Mm. You know what I mean? So I got Porsche, what you got up next? Uh, KRS One. Um, I got KRS, and, and I mean, I, I didn't go with any of the BDP joints. I went strictly with his solo um, albums just for the sake of, you know, like making making sure I'm not forgetting those. I'm purposely not mentioning them. Um, so my favorite KRS joint, um, solo joint, is I Got Next. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that album so much. I, I heard mm-hmm. KRS perform it, um, and he's one of my favorite MCs performing. Um, his concerts are brilliant. 
his yeah. energy, like all of that. And I think just and it's it's Rapture's delight for me, to be honest. I'm stepping to the step into a world. Um, that one is just the song that kind of hits me, and I absolutely love it. The energy, just the flow, the way he spits the lyrics, the bars, like. I just I love KRS um, for for that for his um, capabilities, quality, the consistency. Um, my least favorite of his albums, again, solo joints, is spiritual minded, and it's just it's just. God bless you for even listening because I've never even oh, heard. I haven't heard yeah. that. I, I listen to it, man. I listen to it. It's a gospel album. Um, and, I'm sorry, it's a gospel again, album. Yes, mm. yes, it is. It's a, it's a gospel album. It's very now. And it's when you say gospel, like, is Kirk Franklin on it? Like, what makes it gospel? Like, is there it's a choir? Just very no. It's just very um like like religious um mm. religiously sort of geared. It's it's okay. very rooted in in Christianity. Very much. That's rooted. Cool. There's no cursing on there. Yeah, it, and mm. that's not a problem. It's just that like KRS, you know, he's he's. You know, everyone knows that he's very preachy. Um, this is the album that is like preachy to the next level. So it's just kind of like if if you don't like that aspect of him, this album is absolutely not for you. Um, mm. And, I, and really- I know you don't really do it, but how are the beats though? I don't think the beats are bad. They're yeah, the beats aren't like terrible i mean again you know i'm never hard on the beats. right right. Um, i know you're not hard on beats yeah i'm not hard on beats but i think i think the beats he did well with the beats does that make sense Mm -hmm. like he listen if you're gonna listen to a mc of krikaris's caliber making a very religious album maybe spiritual minded is the one for you you may love it um i just I, I don't, that's not what I want from KRS. I don't need mm. him teaching me about religion. I, I just, you know what I mean? Like, he's just not a pastor, nor is he, you know, like, it's just, that's not what I go to him for. Um, so for me, that one, I, I just wish didn't really exist in his catalog, but I kind of get why he did it. Um, and it really does kind of fall within his KRS one preachy sort of, you know. Why did he do it? Because so now I'm intrigued. Why did he do it? Probably because it's again like you know he's very he's a very conscious rapper and I think that that sort of also brings to light um, a different aspect and a very serious aspect of mm. of what you know of just the way that he kind of carries himself um, and I think that I think personally if I'm thinking about it critically I think he wanted to have that on his on his record of like you know being able to execute something like that it's just not as a like it's just not for me. Right. Yeah, he, he said he wanted to have, he felt his 10th album was a significant amount of albums to have and he wanted to have something that meant something for his 10th yeah. album, so he wanted to make it spiritual, um, which that album came in. Yeah. And again, like, he named it Spiritual Minded, it is exactly that. Again, hmm. like, the guy is very cohesive, like, it is, a, he executed the, the concept flawlessly i just don't i just don't think it was a dope album that's all for me i'm i'm intrigued because when you said it was a gospel rap i hate gospel rap you know what i mean (laughs) every everybody knows i'm a christian i go to church all that great stuff and all my friends from that part of you know are like yo you don't like gospel rap i'm like nah it's corny it's whack to me the whole god is good god is great it's just whack like i'm glad it speaks to y'all that's a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. i just think it has to be done in a in a flyer way 
You know what I mean? When I look at brand new bands, yeah. they would that was gospel rap. They were yeah. sitting around telling you about Allah, Five Percent Nation. They just made that shit look fly. I remember the first time I saw a Wake Up video, I was like, "Yo, what is this? Like the beat is dope, the dudes is rhyming. Like, yo, this is dope." And I just don't feel like Christian rappers do that for me. At least, you know, the beats are usually blah, the rhymes are usually blah. It's like just God is good, God is great. Tell me a story. I don't know. Tell me how. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Do something different. Make and, the shit. And I love. I love when rappers integrate God and their spiritual beliefs into their raps. I just don't know a whole album front to back being all of that. Like, it's just very, um, it's like, it's like literally taking like a class, like a religious studies class, right. you know, and this and, one was I, about Christianity. <laughs> right. And I think it could be, it, could, it just has to be done well. Like, for instance, right. exactly. I don't sell coke, but I listen to Pusha T every day of the day. Right. Why? Because he talks about selling coke for the past 20 years, but he does it but so he makes fucking it dope. good. Right. Mm-hmm. He makes mm-hmm. it good. And there's mm-hmm. somebody else who talks about coke, and we're like, fast forward. We're talking, we know exactly. you sold all the coke. This. You know? But yeah. Pusha, I, I'm just listening to this old um, mixtape. Yo, I'm still spazzing off this stuff that Pusha said. He said something like, I got my wife. I got my hand in the white like I'm on a parallel beams or something like that. It's just like, yo, how many, how many different ways can you find? Yeah. So again, I think it's doable. You just have to be gifted enough. Right. And enough people aren't. Like, that's just the thing. Enough people aren't gifted enough to talk about. And keep in mind, Push has been doing this since 97, talking about cooking. Mm. You have to be gifted to do that. You also have to be gifted just to do it one time. Like, of course, like you said, it's just one album. But if you're talking about the same thing, you've got to find a way to make it interesting and keep people's ears and not have people tune you out. And like you said, Easton, there was no cursing. And and the thing is, is especially now with um, a lot of younger folk in hip hop, it's like, yo, the album I just named, not one curse word on it. Mm-hmm. Not one. You do not see the parental advisory sticker on here. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's not one curse word. This was the cool gangster of rap, a mm. cool genius. Some people said both, but not one curse word. So yep. you can you can Same make a dope Yeah, you mm. can make a dope album with no curse word. There was one yeah. curse word on Rock Kim. I'm tear shit up. Like, but that was it. But like, and that and that was the mm. shit with hip hop back in our day. There would be one curse word. Kane would be mm. like, oh shit. Like, but it wasn't this overabundance of curse words. Yeah. But that's yeah. the whole yeah. pre and post straight out of Compton era right there. Cause then the very next mm. year rap album. This joint, you see the big curse word, the parent of yeah. right there, <laughs> talk like sex. Like, so again, how you went from no curse words, that's like going from Sinbad to Eddie Murphy overnight. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't happen like that. So it's that pre and post uh, straight out of Compton and influence yeah, that. Yeah, straight out of Compton was definitely on, the, the, the change. Yeah, um, sure. Easton, who you got next for yours? Same as you, Kill. Um, cool G Rap. I got them down for my, for my number eight. I was going to do an honorable mention because you had the same one, but we've got completely different albums. So I'll still run with that. My favorite Cool G Rap album is 456, um, 1995. Love it. I think, yeah, Cool G Rap, man. He's, he's, he's crazy on that. It's a shame. Fast Life, Get All Knows are probably my three favorites on there. But just, yeah, his. Obviously, the albums that he done with DJ Polo, you know how good they are. But I just feel that. Cool G really got into his spitting element on four, five, six. That's when I think he's he's always been impressive. But I think that's when you really see the runs that he's doing, and you see that you know the pun influence. Um, I mean, him influencing pun. I mean, um, you see all of that more on four, five, six. I just think he kills it. I love it, man. Ninety five was a stacked year, so 
it might not be mentioned that much because 95 was such an amazing year for hip hop but it was one of my favourites from 95 I played that a lot man so 456 and then what did I have for my least favourite it was Once Upon a Crime with um, Necro in um, 2013 I had to write it down because I didn't even remember this album I maybe visited it yeah, yeah. once or twice <clears throat> yeah I mean Cooley's got a lot of work man he's got a lot of product out there um yeah, I just didn't like it, man. He was still rapping on it, though. Like, he was still doing what he does, but the, the beats were like, it almost felt like just too metally, too like techno almost. I didn't feel it at all, man. Um, but yeah, they're the two I'd go with for, for Cool G rap for my number eight. Yeah, those, those are my picks for Cool G. Let me ask y'all a question, because Easton, you said something like you were talking about Cool G rap with Polo and things like that. Do you think that there's a big difference between the two. Cause I personally don't like, because G- mm-hmm. Polo ain't do shit. Like, you know what I mean? Or like with Eric B and Rakim, like a couple of years ago, they was like, yo, it's an Eric B and Rakim reunion show. And I'm like, the fuck is the same as a Rakim show. Eric B ain't mm-hmm. never been no DJ. So mm-hmm. I'm just wondering like, maybe do you think maybe if it said Coogee Rap and Polo, more people would have gravitated to it? Or you think like the name don't, because again, I saw when people like, oh, Eric B and Rakim are back together. It's like, who gives a fuck? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, or like how mm. Porch was saying, like, I'm going to do KRS and not do BDP. Like, is there, do you feel like there's a difference between... For age, yeah. I okay. think it's, um, I think it's the generation. Because obviously when I came in, obviously you called G-Rap was DJ Polo. And this is no disrespect to the right, 80s right. hip hop, of course. You know, it's the blueprint. But I think that's the little bit of the divide right there. So for a lot of people, when they think of Rakim, it's either going to be one of two Rakims. It's going to be old school Rakim or it's going to be the newer ever Rakim. Rakim right. And they think of 97 onwards. And I think Cool G-Rap is the same. I do feel that there's a difference in the sense of, if you look at Cool G's flow and the sound, it was more of a, a dated, older school flow before. But when was the, what was the last D, um, DJ rap, DJ Polo and Cool G rap album? That, that would have been, been Live and Let Die, yeah? The Live and Let Die joint. So, so what that been? 93? 93. 93. 93. <laughs> so when you think about it, only two years later was 456. And when you look at, I think, if you play now Live and Let Die, and then play four, five, six. I think there's a completely different feel to how Cool G's been. He's more technical. He's more intricate. His his voice even sounds different um, in just a little two year span. And if you look at the work he was doing in between that time as well, even his verse on that Frankie Cutlass um, politics and bullshit album. Oh yeah, I just, like yeah. Man. He just he just went crazy, man. Um, so for me personally, yeah, it was you know it was crazy short, but it was mad. Um, so for me personally, I think there's a difference between your racking that era and the newer era and Cool G this era, that era. I, I think so. And same with uh, Porsche's pick with KRS as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Because what was KRS's first album after that? Was it, His um, first solo album was um, Return of the Boom Bap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say that again, sorry? Return of the Boom Bap. That was his first yeah, solo that's album. It. Yeah, exactly. I just feel that there's a different feel. I don't know if it's the... Sorry to bang on, I'm going to look at Gangstar then. If you look at Gangstar okay. like that as well, yeah. I always felt that Primo's production was different outside of Gangstar. So when you look at how Primo produced, for me personally, I always felt that there was a lot of K 
catering for Guru in his production. When you looked at Primo's production outside of Gangstar, I always felt it was quite, it was a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's that same kind of element, that same kind of thing. That when you're in a duo or you're with a DJ, there are going to be certain things you're doing to cater for each other. But when you come out of that unit now, there's a bit more liberty, there's a bit more freedom. Maybe you can try different things. So I do think artists are different when they leave their DJ or their group or what have you. There is usually an element of change. Not necessarily always better, but... Mm. Right. That's a good point because I'm looking at it like, like well, for me, I feel like he did some... See, this is for the old man and me. I just felt like Eric B, fucking Polo, they ain't do shit. So it's kind of mm-hmm. just like, you know, as far as production, but as far as production, but you're right when you're looking at it from the standpoint of it being like, well, let's try this, let's try that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that you've just given me another way to look at it. That's not just about the producer, but it's just about your inner group. Maybe he wants, Polo wants to do this, even because I'm just finding out Polo ain't even do the scratches on half that shit. So I'm like, wait, so no. you ain't do the scratches. And you ain't produced, nigga. What was you there for? What you you like eat up with LL? You just holding the radio on stage or whatever. So, but that does make sense because you're still in the group. So it's like, yo, I don't want us to go down that that, that route or whatever like that. And now that I'm solo, I can go. I, it's like breaking up with your girl. Like I can live wherever I want to. You ain't want to live in Queens before mm-hmm. because I, I right. had to live in. And that's a good point. That even mm-hmm. though they didn't necessarily. Even if your girl didn't help pay the rent, she still lived there and she still had some say on which y'all did. So, great point. Because one more thing. Am I right in saying that it wasn't even meant to be Rakim with um, Eric B at first? It was supposed to be Freddie Fox. Right, exactly. So, I mean, when you look at it, exactly, and then look at it ended up. So, I think there's an element, and you know from, from that era, I think the DJ was always the lead person, weren't they? It was more like the DJ than you had the MC. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so they were the lead people. So I think the MC would have to cater for the DJ or even the production that they have to go by. So when the MC begins to branch off and do his thing, I think you always see change when the when solo splitter goes and does his thing. But yeah, interesting question, yeah. Point, point. Like, who you got up next? Up next, I'm going to go for Buster Rhymes. Mm. Mm. Buster Rhymes, again, one of my favorite artists throughout the 90s, uh, even from LONS. I know that a lot of, like, I think we all love the, their debut album. Um, the second album kind of, you could tell that shit wasn't going right, right. <laughs> in the crew with the second album. The production was kind of all over the place. There was a couple of joints on there. What's Next is Fire. Uh, a couple of tunes, G- G- but overall as an album, it's just a bit weird. Um, so when he branched out and did his solo stuff, I remember vividly one of my best friends at school came to me and he was like, bro, have you heard Wuha by Buster Rhymes? I was like, nah, I ain't heard it yet. This was the time before you can touch your phone and, and have a mm, song right. up there, you know what I mean? Um, so I went home and it, uh, I was waiting for it to come on on the box because they used to show you like what was coming up next. Right. And it was Buster Rhymes, Wuha. This was mad early. And I was when it came on, I was like, this is the dopest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. The video, uh, the way he structured the raps to end every line with the same sound, just everything about it, the energy, the product, everything was just fire. So I was like, damn, this this album is gonna kill. So when he actually dropped the album, and uh, that video as well led off with uh, everything remains raw. So yeah. when I heard the everything remains raw leading into the song, I was like, that everything remains raw sounds crazy. That was that was a banger. So the coming is my favorite Buster Rhymes album. I know people up and down the timeline are saying Buster ain't got a classic album. 
let me tell you that man that album came out in what 94? 96. No, 96. 96. I can play that album still now. Are you telling me that album? Man. Everything Remains Raw, Wuha, Hot Fudge, uh, Abandoned Ship. Abandoned Ship is an absolute killer. Yeah, ship is still good. <laughs> that album's got so many joints on there that it's, it still kills me how people say Buster ain't got a classic album. But that's a whole different conversation. Um, for me that I could still I still I do play it in the car a lot I played it the other day and I was like this album is still sick to this day I remember those songs ringing off in the clubs I remember being at home and those songs would do it I would bring girls to the house and they would love it like that album literally takes <laughs> all demographics man mm. uh, so I love the album to death uh, Buster Rhymes is an artist as well I've got so much time for him probably I'd put him above KRS one when it comes to live shows that I've seen I've seen Buster Rhymes four times I've seen him once at Carnival and I've seen him three times uh, uh, on stage as a, as a solo artist with him and Spiff Star. They killed him mm. every single time. Um, KRS will probably be next, but Buster Rhymes is an artist, man. Yeah, amazing. So when he dropped the Year of the Dragon album, I was extremely disappointed. Wh- uh, which one is that? Which this, one is This there, is one, I think, I think this is one, was when he was on Cash Money. Um, oh. He signed to Cash Money for a couple of years. And, and I don't even remember that one. Yeah, yeah I don't even remember that. It was bad. It was bad. I think it was like 2009, around that kind of time. Um, Did it have that Thank You track on it? No, that was. Um, that was that mixtape. That, 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 that was on the, the, the Back on My Bullshit album, I think. That was with him and mm. Shoot It, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. But this one was. It had like cash money. Art. It was just shit. It was just bad. <laughs> Top to bottom. Uh, if you're a fan of Buster, uh, you probably still wouldn't have caught this album. I think he was on Cash Money for maybe two years or so, uh, and then they had creative differences, so they say. Um, and then he departed, but thankfully he departed because if he kept on making music like that, I would have probably, you know, forgotten who this dude is and just pretended mm. he never existed because it was it was just bad. I listened through it like maybe once or twice, uh, just yeah, just bad music. And I think he himself would love to remove that from his resume. Uh, <laughs> it just wasn't good. Yeah, keep it that way, man. Keep it that way. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I totally forgot he was on Cash Money for a minute. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah. Good thing I did forget that. Next up, I'm gonna go with LL Cool J. Uh, favorite album from LL. Mama said, "Knock you out." Mine too. Um, mm-hmm. I think this album is just flat out incredible for people not knowing. In fact, I'll actually do this backwards. Then um, his worst album to me was. Um, Walking with a Panther, 1989. Um, okay, yeah. The, the, the singles, I'll never forget the first time I heard I'm That Type of Guy. I was just like, no, going back to Cali. When I heard going back to Cali, I was like, yo, yeah. what the fuck is this? And it was on the soundtrack, Less Than Zero. And it was on, and Less Than Zero um, also had Public Enemies Bring the Noise, which was crazy. Mm, fire. PE's yeah. Bring the Noise was crazy when that dropped. So I'm like, oh, LL's on this. And I heard going back to Cali. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this shit? Yo, bro, what are you doing? And the next single was I'm That Type of Guy that was right in that same realm of going back to Cali. And I'm just like, yo, this dude is losing it. Big old butt was I. Then then he had one shot at love. This boy had like eight love songs on here. Like he took the whole, you know, um, I need love and just ran with it. Um, And then they dropped Jingling Baby last. And Jingling Baby was okay. Yeah. But I like then when Molly remixed it, 
with the remix to Jingling Babies, that was crazy, which then opened the door to this with Molly Mar producing this. Um, and to me, it's one of those things where you have an MC who has something to prove because, again, L was the shit. I love radio. We mm-hmm. all love bigger and deafer. But when that walk over the Panther came, we was like, nah, nigga, that ain't it. See, when you put like, MC, no. I got a theory on L. I got a theory on L. I'm going to tell you. So, this is what happens when you, this is what you get when you let MCs know they don't fucked up. Like Bill Duke said, a minister of society, you know they don't fucked up. This is what you get. Because if niggas would have been now, we'd be like, oh, L, that walk with a pamphlet was, was good. We liked it. Then we don't get this. But you get this because you got an MC who hears his name on the street mm-hmm. and that shit is whack. Molly had kind of fallen out with the whole Juice crew. So you got a producer who has, who has something to prove. This is what you get. This is what you get when you get two hungry people. I mean, everything on here. And this, the thing I love about this album is it had something for everybody, but in a hip hop way. Booming System was for the hoods, for people with their Jeeps. Around the Way Girl is the radio song, but Around the Way Girl was not no still radio hot. song. Yeah, right. still, yeah. Eat him up, L, if you wanted him to get on that. Mr. Goodbar, uh, Murdergram, Cheesy Rap Blues. To me, Cheesy Rap Blues is one of the dopest songs ever because he's really breaking down how you can go from being the shit to nobody wanting to even fuck with you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, to me, this whole album, I mean, Farmer's Boulevard, Mama Said Knock You Out, Milky Syrup, just everything about this is dope. You know what um, I love about the album as well, Kill? The album, is respo- the album is responsible for Lords of the Underground's debut album, Here Come the Lords. Mm. Because they heard what was going on in the studio next door and they was like, Marley Bar was making stuff like that? Oh, word, <laughs> that's so what they was recording got- at the same time? I didn't even right. know. Yeah, so okay, they was like, right, we, we got we to gotta get some of these kind of beats. So whatever mm. they had before, that whole album got changed. They were like, we got to come harder. Uh, I heard, um, I heard um, who was it? Was it Mr. Funky? talking about how they made the album and they was like yeah we heard what was going on in that studio LL was not messing about and Marley Ma was making no beats you had to change the whole shit up so That's I right. love that Lord that uh, Lords of the Underground album and we have that album to think for mm. yeah. yeah one of my favorite line L has always been that ladies dude but he had this line on there he said you got a man that's something we won't talk about he's smart enough to have you but dumb enough to let you out Yo, you know how many times I use that line, my nigga? Like, yo, that ass. Like, that, you, I mean, you don't get no dope than that. Like, he's smart enough to have you, but then he's dumb enough to let you out. So, yeah, to me, just five my classic album and the, the wag joint as well with a panther. Porsche, who you got up next? Feral Munch. Um, mm. I'm so, so thankful that I can talk about Feral Munch properly now. Um, because that 13 album was not it for me. So, um, I think that... Here's gonna, the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you call that a foul monch out? See, I don't no, even put that in not. the disco. It's, okay. it's not right. in the discography. So okay. for me, um, my favorite monch album, I know, um, I think I think everyone gravitates toward, towards internal affairs, and I do mm-hmm. love that album, but it's desire. You're going to say me. desire. Um, I knew yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. desire for me. And I just, listen, I thinking about Feral Monch for this particular topic, I was like, dude doesn't have a whack album. He doesn't have an album that disappointed me. He doesn't have an album that needs to be on this list. He doesn't have, like, this this guy is one of the most consistent rappers ever. And even if I, and I, and I took out um, stuff with organized, um, what is it, organized confusion. I didn't even add that. Even if you add that, it's still hella consistent. He still doesn't have, he's not even part of something that disappointed me. Um, And I, again, don't put 13 in the Feral Munch um, albums for, for, 
all intents and purposes of this topic. So um, for me, it's just Desire is my favorite. Um, hella consistent. The bars are crazy. Um, and, and I love the production on that album a lot. Um, I my favorite track is is produced by the alchemist um desire the title track so um for me it's just yeah it, that that album doesn't miss and none of none of his albums miss for me um hip-hop albums anyways rap albums so um yeah feral Monch, and i don't have one that's that's not this guy doesn't have an album that's not that's <laughs> like so nice to me i, I just i can't I hate to I hate to be like oh and I'm not gonna name one that's whack like I really tried I really tried and well, no, no, we got I gotta push you Porsche what's your least favorite one then because I did that like I said like uh, G rap doesn't have one that's whack but what what's the one that you're coming that that's just your least that comes in last PTSD would yeah, be the, the, the one that that's comes in please don't say that yeah mm. yeah PTSD and again that's just because Kill pushed me like that's still a four mic album yeah. to me yeah um it's still like four mics is more than you know a lot of other mcs are ranking or, or like bringing in um even now so yeah again Monch is an alien um he's brilliant i absolutely love this guy he's great and i can't wait until he actually puts out another rap album um, number nine, Nas. Um, I've got nine. Yeah, Nas. I know it's pretty high up. Some people will be thinking, "Wow, what are we at number nine? But it is what it is. But yeah, so Nas. <laughs> Nas, you know number what? nine. Right there. Because you mm. know what, y'all? This is what's been irritating me on the timeline. I got a whole new energy for, for 2022. I'm not doing nut shit this year. That's what's mm. not going to happen. Like, somebody tried to tell me, how can Big still be at your number one? We can stop right there, my nigga. Like, on some real shit. Dog, I'm not telling you who to fuck, who to marry, where to, where right. to work at, none of that shit. Like, where do y'all think it's okay to come in and tell me, well, you know, don't you think Biggie should move because he hasn't, you haven't grown up with his music? Nigga, I think fucking Donnie Hathaway is one of the greatest people ever, and I think he was dead by the time I was born. Like, right. like don't, don't do that, y'all. Don't do that this year. We're not doing that. I'm blocking all the dumb shit this year. Don't tell me who should be on my top 10 and why is somebody so high or why is somebody so low? Because you know what? I don't give a fuck where y'all have y'all people at. Right. So, exactly. again, like, yo, it doesn't, if you got, I told y'all, I got had a dude who said Smooth B was his goat MC. Like, I never said you're wrong, you're crazy. I did say, you got to explain this shit to me. <laughs> like, I do want to know, like, what Smooth B verse are we talking that just put him over everybody else? But I'm never going to tell somebody who and who should be on your list that ain't too high or they too low. So sorry about that, East. I just, because that's totally relevant. Nigga, I know what Nas did, and he's my number nine. Like, that's just that. Like, leave leave it be. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Um, I put Doggy Style and Only Built for Cuban Links on my two favorite hip hop albums of all time. All time. Those two. And someone hit me up and he was like, oh, I'm convinced you hate Jay-Z. I'm like, huh? They said, you must hate Jay-Z because there's no way you prefer Doggy Style over Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, he's my favorite rapper, but still, Doggy Style and Only Built for Cuba Links are my two favorite hip-hop albums of all time. It's, it don't matter what you it is. It is but, um, but yeah, so Nas number nine. Favorite album from Nas is It Was Written. Um, nice. Yeah, it was written. I just think he's a perfect MC on that. Do you know what I mean? They don't really need need much more saying. And uh, for me, uh, he's at his best on the album lyrically. I don't think he's ever touched that point. 
before or after and I don't think he ever will to be honest um, lyrically it was written was just immaculate I'll speak about Biggie's growth from um, Ready to Die to Life After Death how amazing that growth was in that, those couple of years period the only growth I put next to that is Nas's growth on Illmatic to It Was Written I think he's yeah perfect MC on that um, we all know the tracks that are on there so I won't list those but yeah that's my favourite from Nas I really struggled with my least favourite because I had it down as Nazir and um, Nosh- uh, Nashadamas. I yeah, couldn't really I really pick. think me and North are the only two people who like the Nasir album. I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah, me and Kanye's daughter are the only two people who obviously like this album. Nobody likes this album. I'm always like, what's wrong with it? And everybody hates it. I'm sorry, man. It's just hilarious no, because I'm literally the only person. North may not even like that shit, come to find out. Like, it may just be me. And I'm just by myself, but. So Nasir, you know what? You know what the thing is about it? I think the reason why I ended up going with Nostradamus as well is because Nazir has seven tracks, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then Nostradamus is it's, it's a full-on album. I can't remember exactly how many tracks are there. So I think there's a lot more wiggle room for you to get it right on, on a short album. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's not really much excuses. But if we're looking at the length of tracks that's on Nostradamus compared to the tracks I play, there's two tracks, a possible three. And I think at that time, I know we've, you know, all the issues and blah, blah, blah. But at that time, man, Nas, he didn't have an excuse like to, to to not deliver the best. You know, if tracks were leaked or this or that. I mean, he had just come off the back of, um, was it I Am was after that? Um, once again, I, I'd probably stand alone here. So I'm probably like you killed Nazir. I'm probably one of the very few people that thinks I Am is a fantastic album. I do not understand the hate it gets. When you start listing the tracks that, is, that are on I Am, you start thinking, right, it's actually a good album. I Am's a brilliant album, I think. It gets hate um, because of people know what it should have been. I Am yeah, should, definitely. It should have been a, a double album. People have heard that the songs that leaked and they know what should have been in the album. So when they hear what he remade and what he what he actually gave us with I Am, it doesn't measure up. See, because I Am, that's the joint that the stuff from the Lost Tapes was supposed to be on. Right. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Right. So we, we know if it had that stuff on it, definitely. But what it's like, I think me and you Slack were talking about, um, I think it was Mace, and when people was talking about uh, how Mace used to rap and blah, blah, blah. We can only go by what we're given. Do you know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. can't really say shoulda, woulda, couldas. And for me, how I am is packaged and given to us is the only way I can judge it. Um, we know what should have been on it or what could have been, but I can only go by what we have. And for me, out of that track, there's probably only three songs on that track that I don't on the album that I don't like. Every other track, I think, is hard. Um, Nas's storytelling is brilliant on that. Um, I, I think it's a really good album. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, so I went with Nostradamus. There's only two tracks, a possible three that I play. But around that time frame, no disrespect to Nas, but when, when Nas dropped Nazir, no one's expecting greatness from Nas at that point. Let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's one of the things about Magic as well. I love Magic. I think it's his best album since 2012. I love it. Um, But it's almost like a surprise because we know he's got it in him, but I don't think anyone's expecting greatness. If you get a good album from from an artist at that point in their career, then it's, it's just good to have a very good album. But no one's expecting greatness, in my opinion. I think around that time when Nasha Diamonds was due to drop, 
we should have had something golden around that time. Do you know what I mean? And I just think it was terrible. I, I hated it, like every minute of it, man, apart from three songs. So um, that's definitely my least favourite. So yeah, it was written favourite, Nashadama's least favourite for me. It's funny, for during, the I, during the I Am time, I think some people, because I can only speak for me, I was just caught up in that, I want to premiere Nas album. You know yeah. what I mean? I got tired of just the New York State of Mind part two. The, you know the Nas is like and just coming in for that one single you know but this was like was talking about earlier even before well I don't know what the years because my brain is all scattered but that's when you just had to get that one song for the streets so I felt mm-hmm. like that's what Nas was always doing you went to premiere to get you that one song for the streets but then what, what happened is as a listener you hear Nas is like as the first single and you're like yo this he's back he's back yeah. and then you hear the radio song you're like uh you know what I mean um, so I think that that was the problem. I know me at that time was like, I just want the Nas premiere album, and almost anything else that mm. comes, I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about no Doc Knock Boots or you know songs with. <laughs> no, that's that's like, terrible, man. I don't ever want Timbaland and, and Nas in the same studio. Like it just mm. just stop at, at that point. Yeah, what? And um, mm. not, and I agree with you. I think the only difference maybe with Nas now is because of King Disease one and two. We did have expectations yeah. for Nasir. Like if if King's Disease didn't exist and we just coming off of the Nasir album, and then we get Magic, then it's like oh shit. But I think coming exactly. off of Nasir, getting King's Disease one and getting King's Disease two, now mm-hmm. people did have their expectations kind of back up for because he gave you those two albums at such a high level, you know. But mm-hmm. like I said, if he didn't and it just we just got Magic from Nasir, then yeah, every. You talking about me, it's like talking about people calling it a five mic album. If we got if they went from Nasir and we missed out on three years and he cares and he came and he came back, he came back with me right now at this point. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I think kind of King's Disease one and two kind of revved us back yeah. up to say Nas nah, still has it. Him and Hip Boy got a synergy. Um I was shocked with King's Disease one. You know what I mean? So and him he won a Grammy on that, right? He did, yeah. He did, yeah. yeah, so yeah, so. See, I, 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 I like to be crying oh. out, to be honest. But. Kings Disease, I, again, I'm the only one. I'm, I'm literally, everybody, when we did the show, everybody else had Kings Disease 1 mm. and the last. And that's actually my favorite. You know what I mean? So, mm. just the, the craziness of my brain. Slack, what you got up next, little brother? Um, Could I put in a duo for, ne- for the next one? Hell yeah. So, my next one is Outcast. And, um, mm, okay. When I first, uh, I'd never heard of Outkast uh, when I first got that album, but I remember it vividly. Um, it was '94, and I was just, I just bought another album. I can't remember which one it was. And then um, I just saw the cover of Southern Player Listed just sitting there, and I was like, "Is this even hip hop? Like this, this might be some R and B shit." So I said to the dude, "Like, is this hip hop?" Because it was in the hip hop section. He was like, "I think so." I said, "All right, I'm, I'm gonna buy it anyway." I bought that album. And I must have played that until the tape stretched. That album is incredible. Production from Organized Noise, Andre and Big Boy. And Big Boy was the star of Outkast. I don't mm-hmm. care what anyone tells me. Mm-hmm. Big Boy was the star when they when that group first started. So it's really interesting to me now to see people like creaming the arse of Andre 3000. Like mm-hmm. he's, you know, godson. Um, although I love him as an MC, I think that... <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how, I don't know how you do this live every week. Like, this, is literally, this is literally the timeline in person, right here. It is, man. 
So cool, he's, he's got he's got some brilliant verses, and I love the way he raps, and I love the vividness of his storytelling, and I love the way he puts words together, and I love his cadence, and I love his accent, and I think he's an amazing MC in many many mm. different aspects. I really do. Yeah. But Big Boy owned that album for man. Big Boy was he had some lines on there, man. Um, every track from from the beginning. Even the tune that Andre's talking about when he met these two girls at the mall, he got one pregnant, she's calling him up and he's like, click, not me. And I was like, ah, oh, this guy is crazy. Um, to the beat, like the bass line on Hootie Hoo, I mean, crazy. And when the drums drop, everything about that album, they had the single, seven playlist, players ball, players ball mm. the prize. It just float. Um, the only song that I used to skip on there, don't kill me, but I used to skip Funky Rap. <laughs> I've learned the error of my ways. I've grown up. <laughs> and when That's I a repeater down, now. And it's a repeater. I, list, I literally will play that shit through and I'll run that shit right back again. Um, amazing album. I don't. I, I think a lot of people, they say Aquemini is their best album um, because they had kind of evolved their sound. They had incorporated yeah. reggae and that had roots music and all sorts of stuff. And I can go with that. Um, it's not my personal favorite Outcast album. I think Southern Playlist is flawless. I don't skip one song on that album. I definitely skip Mama Sita on the Quemini album. But I will put, I will put Southern Playlist as their as their best album to me. I think uh, Organized Noise were hungry. Their bass lines are incredible. Their their production is so crisp. Like you can hear every note, every instrument. It's just incredible. Uh, down to the beats they gave to Goody Mob around that same kind of time, 94, 95. Mm. Brilliant music, man. Um, I would say Idlewild would be my least favorite Outcast album, but I don't really class that as an Outcast album mm. because I think that's more of a, a soundtrack to the soundtrack. Movie. So I don't really class that as, as a cast album. So I'd say my least favorite album is Stankonia. Um, so after the first three, Incredible, Atlian's Incredible, Aquemini Incredible. Then we got Stankonia, and um, I'm just I'm not enamored with the album. Um, I understand that they were experimenting with funk, uh, with a lot of different kind of sounds. This is when they were really starting to produce a lot of their own music as well. You had Mr. DJ uh, joining them as a production crew, Earth Tongue Free. I know that they were producing on Atlians and Aquemini uh, as well, but this one, it felt like they were really kind of experimenting a lot more. And it just mm. didn't work to me. I skipped so many songs on the album. And I could literally just count the amount that I like. Um, so yeah, not a fan of that album at all. Um, and it's not that it's whack. I wouldn't say that it's a whack album. I'd just say the standard they set on their first three albums, I was excited to buy Stankonia. Yeah. And when I bought it, I just didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, and I know some people are very conflicted about the Love Below and Speaker Box, but I personally, I think Speaker Box is... I love the speaker box. Yeah, I love it. Um, also, I, I don't mind the lock below. I know people are angry that Andre was singing and not rapping on there, but damn it, that's what he wanted to do. And if he wanted, if he wanted to make a funk influenced album, then he aced it. If I'm being completely honest, and considering he did the production, a lot of that production on his own, I think he did a really good job. So yeah. I would, I would say that that is a good cast album. So yeah, I'd have to put Stan Kanye down, man. Um, that's one that I just, I just don't, didn't enjoy from him. Um, and the thing about the love below, I love the album personally. Prototype is one of the dopest slow jams. Really? Raheem Devon redid it, and I'm like, and Raheem can sing, and I was like, yeah, I like three times. Nah, you ain't touching it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it just even somebody who can really sing like it's just three thousand is just what he does. 
Um, next up, I'm like Porsche. I got who I like to call the Chardé of hip hop, which is Farrell Monch. You know what I mean? Um, consistent, Mr. Consistent. Fierce, 99, the next album, 2007. Yo, that's six years. Nobody goes six years in hip hop without <laughs> dropping an album. Like, that's eternity. And then from, you know, um, Desire to War was four years. And then from War to PTSD was three years. So it's like, you know, that dude is it. Um, I'm like Porsche. I, there's no whack albums in his discography at all. My favorite. Um, internal affairs. Um, I was at, I'm still at, on the radio at this time, and my man from Raucous was like, Yo, come down to my office. I got the new Moose and the new uh, Pharaoh album. And I remember me and my man Jace went to get them. And I played this so much. I don't think I even listened to that Moose album for like a couple of weeks because this just <laughs> couldn't leave. You know, I just, I couldn't get, I, I, this just wasn't coming out. You know what I mean? Mm. It was just, this was incredible. Um, the other thing I don't think Farrell gets credit for is his album cover. Like, this album cover, banana cover. The whole album cover. That's true. The well. mummy mm. cover. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. The and then the gas mask. The gas mask. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these albums and then the PTSD. Like, his album yeah, cover is mm. incredible. Um, I'm going to go um, for my least favorite. And again, it's just not whack. All his albums are 4.5 or higher than me. But I'm going to just go with... Uh, the war album as my least favorite, but I love it to death. I, I give this a four. I love that four. Um, so I mean, and again, just not that then whack at all, but that's just my least. Um, I think Porsche's out for a second. Easton, who you got last Yo. coming up for you? All right, so this is my number 10 then. In my top 10 rappers of all time, number 10 is a shared spot. Yeah, because I don't think, yeah, it's a shared spot. So it's actually shared with Styles P. And 50 cent all right but i'm not gonna do them both i'll just run with styles i'll just say my favorite is gangster and gentlemen um and my least favorite is 2018's g host um weren't a fan of that just didn't like the sound of it um but yeah props to styles man same mr consistent i don't think he's dropped a bad project um and i love his growth for maturity that's what you want to see in someone in life so even more so in music um, what I love about Styles is that he's trying to be on his, um, you know, I mean, his mature, peaceful walk, and he's doing that. But you still know not to test him, though. You can still see in his music that he'll flip, you know, what I mean, um, if he needs to, man. Which is just, just balanced. So Styles, but I want to talk on Fifty then. So Fifty would be my last one. So Fifty would be my my number ten. So favorite official album, Get Rich or Die Trying. Obviously, Marshall say obviously, but Get Rich or Die Trying. Um, I think it's a monster album. I know some people can be like, uh, it's overrated, but I know the impact it had and the replay value. Um, the whole reason 50s even in my top 10, to be honest, is because of his replay value for his music. No, he's not the most technical or the best rapper ever, but at the end of the day, hip-hop is music. We know it's a culture and everything, but it's music, you know what I'm saying? And 50s music makes you want to go back and listen to it, man. Um, just from the way the album starts, yeah, what up, gangster? Um, it's consistent. I don't think it really loses a step, man. So um, yeah, that's definitely my favorite for fifty. Um, my least favorite would be Curtis, two thousand and seven. Um, I was actually going to go with before I self destruct, but it's actually there's actually some gems on that. So I'm going to go with Curtis, uh, which is interesting that Curtis is my least favorite because um, that was around the time when he was having the the whole thing with Kanye, you know, about the record sales and. Uh, whoever sells more 
um, they'll retire and that. So obviously 50 was saying, you know, he'll outsell Kanye, which was an interesting time because it was when, you know, gangster rap was almost taking a back seat, you know what I'm saying, for the backpack rap or what have you. So everyone was obviously interested in seeing what was going to happen with um, the sales and everything. And, and Kanye did outsell 50, but, you know, he didn't retire. He's still doing his thing. But yeah, the album for me, there was too many reaches in there, man. There was a few good tracks on there, uh, Gun Go Off and a couple of other good ones, but on the whole, it was a struggle to get through. It felt bloated and it just felt like 50s formula was running dry, kind of thing. Um, so that would have been my least favorite. But yeah, definitely um, Get Rich and then Curtis is my least favorite. No doubt. Slack, what you got for your last ones? For my last one, I'm going to go for the one and only Scarface. Yeah. Uh, Scarface man it's very difficult to pick a favourite album from Scarface because that dude has so many quality albums man um, so real difficult so I went I've got two favourites uh, I might be cheating slightly because I couldn't pick between these two but um, I've got to go with The Diary um, as one of them and the second one is The Fix I just can't pick between those two albums um, the production on both of them um, Scarface owns those projects as well he owns every song that he's on even the tunes he's got with Jay the tunes he's got with Ice Cube like he owns everything that he's on the tunes he's got with Nas he's not outshined by any of these top tier MCs on any of those songs um, Diary's got the hand of the dead body uh, Seen a man die Jesse James just classic 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 uh, it's the perfect length um, perfect production just everything about both of those albums man um, so I've got to have both of those tied neck and neck is my favourite Scarface projects and my least favourite again it's not a, it's not a case of me not liking the album or it being whack but just one that um, is cool it's, it's, it's okay was uh, Last of a Dying Breed um, it's, a, it's a good album but it's, it just hasn't got the replay value of his other stuff mm-hmm. um as far as I'm concerned um, my homies as well was just an overload but that's because everyone was doing double so out, and I'm not really sure that I even class that as, um, exactly. as a Scarface album as well because he's got so many different people running around and doing yeah. stuff yeah so if it comes down to Silas I'll just say Last of a Dying Breed and that's literally only because um, it's just one that I play the least out of his discography but again I wouldn't say it was a weak album just not my favorite Scarface album, but for me, for him to have two album classes, top drawer, top of his top of his line, top of his discography, um, I think yeah, he's he's earned a place as one of the one of the, the most top tier of MCs for sure. Mm-hmm. Right, dope, dope, dope. Um, and for my last joint, I'm going with Kendrick Lamar, man. Um, Kendrick cracked my top ten when he dropped Damn because uh, Good Kid, Mad City, Tapemba Butterfly, and Damn were just three amazing albums to me. Um, <coughs> I just felt like yo, this dude, like in their three totally different albums, he's like the solo mm. outcast to me. Like mm. you know, uh, most of the people I know who fuck with Cast have every time I talk to people, they have different favorite albums. You know what I mean? Because it seems like Cast would lose fans and then gain fans. Because a lot of people I know, like my hood dudes, they stopped messing with cast after um, ATLians. You know yeah. what I mean? They, 
it was just like what Dre was talking about on Return of the Gangster. Like, yo, what's up? What's wrong with your man? Like, people will be asking yeah. me, like, yo, what's wrong with your man? Is like, he on drugs? I don't know him. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know the nigga, but I don't know. But he's still spitting. Like, yo, he he will be on TV with football pads on and wigs. Mm. And my people from the hood be like, man, I know people who die hard hip hop heads who have never heard of Criminal because they just could not get past. Yo, your man look crazy, man. I ain't. Yeah, yeah, for real. I've been for that. I've been for that. Yeah. And it seemed like, you know, every time they dropped the album, they would lose fans, but then they would gain more fans. You know, I knew mm. people who, when they heard um, Bombs Over Baghdad, they was like, yeah, kill, I'm done with them. But then they would gain a whole new group of fans or Miss yeah. Jackson. It would always be like, yeah, exactly. Off, Both of those songs were huge in Europe. Huge. Yeah. But Bombs Over Baghdad was a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, so Kendrick reminds me of kind of like a solo outcast, you know, to where Good mm-hmm. Kid Mad Seed sounds nothing like the Pimple Butterfly, which sounds nothing like Damn, which is one of the reasons I'm so intrigued to hear what he has next. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just like with um, G-Rap, um, Monch, same thing with Kendrick. It would um, My favorite would be Good Kid Mad City. I love concept albums, so just the whole concept of, you know, starting the day off and you just hanging with your homies and, you know, get pulled up into somebody else's hood and you know everything like that I just love the concept album and then the least would be damn um mm-hmm. you know because in my opinion uh the pimple butterfly and good kid are both five mic albums for me so damn is like a four but i like mm-hmm. it but it's just like the least favorite um but i definitely am intrigued to see what he's gonna come with next since this is his last joint on um, top dog so uh definitely interested for that porsche who's your last person sis um i got mc light She's um, on my all-time list and um, Light as a Rock. I talk about this all the time. That is my absolute favorite album um, in her discography. Um, It might even be like a top five or ten in all of hip-hop for me. Um, I absolutely love that album. Um, Everything about it. Again, I always talk about Light being, you know, um, this this woman who's able to hold her own against all of the the uh, male dominated um not only male dominated genre but also in and around her um she's just she's able to kind of rap with the best of them so for mm. me um and and light as a rock is like your perfect execution of that um if you ever doubt light's ability that album and and actually her first three albums i would say are back to back like stellar albums um so that one's my favorite and then my least favorite in her discography is and i don't even know why she did this but um the the underground heat volume one um i don't know even know if you guys like Um, listen to it it's we don't have you're not missing anything i think 2013 or something i I could be wrong um double check that it it, it was in the 2000s yeah 2013 2015 something like that i'm waiting for you to confirm this um it is 2003. oh oh shoot (laughs) i think she had i think she had legend in i am legend or i am a legend the volume one yeah 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 that one 2003 so she had one after that anyways it's like hosted by jamie fox it's really weird she does have some good features on there but overall it's a lot of repetition like okay you're thinking 2003 so 2003 is the release date um she's still kind of rapping about stuff that she was rapping about like back in the early years you know and it's Mm. sort of like well have we you know kind of moved on from that because 
she's got albums before this one and they weren't they didn't have that feel so why does this one have that feel um so it kind of was a disappointment let me down i didn't like it um although again the features are good um there's naughty by nature queen latifah biz Marquis on there um janet jackson's on there like there's some good good features but overall it's a very disappointing project from like mm. yeah yeah right. so that's what no i got down, no doubt I didn't even know that one. Yeah, I had no. You, you just fooling me because I had no idea. The underground. Oh, I've never heard of that before. I really <laughs> missed out. You're not one. missing much. You're not missing much. <laughs> all right, all right. Dope show East and give them everything, good brother. Where can they follow you? Where can they check you out at? Everything. Yes, man. So on Twitter, so that's the only sort of social media I'm on. So Twitter is Eastern Major. Um, on there, um, I do in the spotlight sort of content stuff as well where we just look at albums break down things just have a bit of fun regarding music man so follow me on there if you're not already um that's for me personally i also got a blog as well um in the spotlight blog it's all in my, my bio also there's a few blogs on there just blogging about hip-hop artists and things like that i need to throw some new ones on there um then obviously we do the the man knows hip-hop there the, the hip-hop podcast that we're doing that we spoke about at the beginning just celebrating the hip-hop man we're just looking at topics just having fun me and slack chopping it up every week just having fun doing what we do on the timeline and uh and off the timeline just talking about music so that's on there man knows hip-hop on twitter as well it's got its own uh, page as well so yeah you can hit us up on there um appreciate all the sort of import and feedback and interaction man just makes this journey a lot more fun man so yeah good to be here on apartment 5b as well man so love always from the uk man I ain't no doubt. Slack, give him everything good, brother. Um, yeah, man, you can hit me up on Twitter. That's the only social media that I use, uh, at Slack Supremacy. Um, and also at the Man Knows Hip Hop podcast. That's at MKHH podcast. Uh, as Easton said, once a week, we'll be chopping up about um, a different topic. We'll also do album reviews on there as well. Um, so, yeah, once a week, uh, we'll, be, we'll be recording those. We'll have some special guests on as well so uh, yeah we're looking to, to ramp it up this year um and yeah man just thank you guys for linking up like voltron uh the uk to, to the us to canada you know and uh yeah man really enjoyed it man love you guys and uh hopefully yeah, we can, we can link up again Definitely, yeah, man get this on get this on a monthly link up man we, we just, yeah man i'll be a well up for that one for sure. Of course, give him everything. Tell him how much you love Drake. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> just uh, on Twitter at Porsche Love Porsche and uh, Monday nights at uh, 6.15 Pacific Time, 9.15 Eastern Standard Time, we do Apartment 5B on Twitter Spaces. So that'll be tomorrow night. Um, I don't even know when this is going to air, but Monday nights um, at 6.15, 9.15 Pacific Time or Eastern Time. And then on Twitter at Cherche Love Porsche. And y'all already know this with me, Kill889, Twitter, IG, we'll make beats for food. I will check y'all on the collab tip next month, y'all. Yeah, guys. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Bye.